Yeah, another slap across the forehead with a uh, with a two by four for the Jaguars. Once again, somehow they've done it. They have uh, managed to lose yet another football game in the fourth quarter. That is seven times in eight matchups this year that they have done so. Hayes Carline, Rick Ballou, first things first. Let's say hello to our sponsor, Hayes. Yeah, Rick, we appreciate the uh, uh, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, our good buddy John Spicklemeyer. Uh, what a great job he does with, with car insurance. He can save you money. You need to let him look at your policy, 471-7155. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, again, we all have to have car insurance. Make sure you're not paying too much for it. Make sure you're paying for the right things. John Spicklemeyer can help you with that, 471-7155. And, uh, yeah, Rick, I mean, it's it's basically – you know, wash, rinse, and repeat when it comes to this football team, um, and, and we'll go th- we'll go through it all. But I-, I will say the biggest stunner to me this week wasn't the Jaguars losing another one possession game that they easily could have won. How about this move for Calvin Ridley? I mean, talk about a low risk, possible high reward here. I I was really surprised. Uh, when when I saw that move, just because you you know since he's not playing, you always associate trade de- trade deadline with guys that can give you immediate help, uh, not so much something that you're doing for for a year out. But uh, what a w- interesting and and big potentially move for the Jaguars. Uh, it's brilliant. It, it really is. It, it could end up being you know arguably the the best move that that Trent Bulky does make. Uh, I don't think anyone. Uh, saw this coming but you know it's interesting because I I feel like I've learned a lot more about this football team and a lot more about this organization in the last couple of weeks Um, beginning with you know you can see obvious cracks in this lineup and where they have to get better next year and it seems like the the overwhelming concern right now is on Trevor Lawrence which makes a lot of sense he's five and he's 20 in his 25 starts uh, but it was also very obvious that, you know, once again, uh, Bulky missed in the offseason. He he did his best to try to fix this offense. And, and, and frankly, I think he tried to fix the entire team. And, you know, I've been really consistent with this, Hayes. I, I felt he should have worked on the offense first and on the defense later. And obviously he tried to do both, including three out of the top four picks this year in the draft going to the defensive side. But he didn't add a wide receiver. He didn't add a true X, a true guy that can break things downfield. All you got to do is go back and look at those numbers on Ridley. I mean, the 2020 season, he had 36 attempts from Ryan to him that went 20 yards or more. So he's going to be 28, final year of steel. Uh, this could end up being an enormous move uh, for the Jaguars. It also said this to me, though, and I made the comment two weeks ago with James Robinson, and some Jaguar fans totally disagreed with me. Regardless of the record, Trent Bulky is going to remain a big part of this football team at least through the 2023 season. You don't make these two moves. Give away Robinson for a sixth, maybe a fifth, which doesn't help you win this year, and add Calvin Ridley, which obviously does nothing to help you win this year. So whether this fan base wants to accept it or not, they must realize that Trent Bulky is going to be here at least through 2023. Yeah, I think so as well. And, you know, again, I, I think ownership would look at it and say, okay, well, yeah, the record isn't where we want it, 
But the team is better. Uh, again, we keep bringing this up every week, but until the Jaguars get routed, it's going to remain one of the most inexplicable stats I've ever seen. They are still plus 14 in point differential, despite being 2-6. and six. They actually are tied for 10th in the NFL in point differential, which is usually a very good indication of where you would be in the standings. It doesn't stand to reason you would be tied for 10th in that stat yet be sitting on drafting in the top five yet again at two and six uh, on pace for that. But that's where they are. Um, I think I think Shad Khan's going to look at it and say, we're, we're pretty close. I, I don't want to disrupt anything. You know, assuming there's nothing in terms of friction between Balky and, and Doug Peterson and things like that, and that can never be discounted uh, based on Balky's history. But for now, it seems like everybody's rowing in the same direction. Um, the The thing I like about it, Uh, All the things you mentioned, but I like the fact we've talked about this. They're not going to have a lot of maneuverability this offseason. They don't have money to spend in free agency. Uh, So you're really looking at how can you get substantially better in 2023, add pieces uh, to maybe where you're winning these games that are one possession games. How can you do that when you're not going to be able to spend in free agency like you've been able to do really throughout the last 10 years? Well, you do this deal for Calvin Ridley, so you're only giving up a you know a fifth round pick in 2023, which is fairly inconsequential. You get to keep your first rounder, your second rounder, and your third rounder. Uh, so that should be some combination of Calvin Ridley, uh, a new corner to replace Shaq Griffin, maybe a new receiver that even comes along with Ridley. Uh, possibly a defensive lineman, possibly a tight end. They've got a lot of holes. We've talked about it. They're going to say goodbye to a lot of these veterans that are going to be yeah, through their second year of, of an expensive contract. So they're going to have holes. So I like the fact I think you have filled a hole at receiver without having to give up a whole lot in terms of your 2023 assets because Ridley will play under the fifth-year option at $11.1 million, which isn't cheap. But it's not like you're trading for a guy and then you immediately have to enter into a $30 million a year deal with him. Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, some people don't believe in the salary cap, that there's ways just to, you know, renegotiate, restructure, and, and create more money. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think those three highly priced defensive players from a year ago yeah, will all be gone and Rayshon Shaq and, uh, Roy Robertson Harris, you got guys like Marvin Jones Jr. that won't turn. That's a pretty hefty tag. But I mean, you just look at Juwan Taylor. You know, they could do with Josh Allen, they could keep him around next year, I guess, at ten point eight uh in his fifth year, and then, you know, maybe put a franchise tag on him. That there's really no hurry yet with Josh Allen, although you don't know if he's gonna be unhappy. We've certainly seen that stuff before, including with Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe. And then you got to ask yourself, you know, is Evan Ingram is catching four balls a game. Is he worth giving a, a huge contract to? So I tend to agree with you. It's going to be very interesting to see the money they have and what they're able to pull off. It feels like more and more of this will be, you know, be relied on, on the draft, which, you know, is still open for discussion. Uh, there's been some nice draft picks the last couple of years and, and obviously, you know, they, they, it looks like they're going to get another really good pick this year. It's not going to be number one, uh, but it is going to be a good one. I, I'm, uh, I'm interested, and I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I, I can't get over myself 
the whole hiring process and what really happened there. I mean, you brought Peterson in immediately. You brought Caldwell in immediately. And then you went through 30 plus days where everything was on the table. The rumors out of Tampa, the rumors out of Arizona, the, the love for Matt Eberflus, uh, the talk of Vic Fangio, the talk of Bill O'Brien. Then all of a sudden we end back in a full circle and it becomes Peterson and bulky. And it gets to the point where the guy who's going to be hired, who's over Trent bulky is all of a sudden dismissed by Shad Khan because the working relationship is so good between bulky and Peterson. You and I know, and our listeners know that, that losing divides a football team and you're five in a row now on the other side. And we'll see what happens against the Raiders. But all of a sudden when you keep losing, Fingers start to get pointed. So I, I hope it's not the case, and I hope they're able to survive it. But I'm totally prepared that something negative could come out of this relationship. Well, it's all we've ever seen is if, if it can go wrong, it will uh, when it comes to this organization. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I hope Calvin Ridley will work out. But I can't sit here and tell you that I don't have a fear that Calvin Ridley will be a non-factor here. You hope that's not the case. And at least they haven't given up a tremendous amount of uh, resources if that is the case. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've seen it, you know, no matter what it is. Uh, if it can go wrong, it probably will here. Um, and, and you'd like to think one day that'll, that'll get turned around. They've got nine games left. Uh, they need to win four of these next nine. It's, it's still going it's, it's to be a disappointing season no matter what happens. I, you know, I, somebody in the building today said, um, you know, and pointed out that I uh, bulky was on a team that was one in seven when he was with the jets, Vinny Testaverde tore his Achilles in the opener and they started the year one and seven. Then they won their final seven and finished at eight and eight and almost got into the playoffs. Okay. I, I, that's not happening here. I mean, I can just, I can, I can spare you the suspense. This team's not right. getting ready to win seven of their next eight or whatever it would be, uh, you know, seven of their final nine to, uh, to finish with a, a winning mark. That's not happening. Um, I get it. The division, you know, doesn't appear to be great. But, look, Tennessee's won five in a row. At some point you have to tip your cap to them. Now they play the Chiefs this week. We'll see if they can continue that. But, you know, I mean, it, it – it, I, I thought they were right in the mix to win the division until they lost to the Giants, and certainly losing, uh, you know, Sunday again, I made that even, uh, you know, more unbelievable to think, uh, you know, after they lost to Denver. But so they're not going anywhere, but they need to go four and five at a minimum. Uh, I think for everybody to still be pulling in the same direction and to feel like, okay, we we won six games, uh, we were six and eleven. Certainly nothing to write home about, but that was three games better than the year prior, and we had a bunch of one-score losses. So yeah. Yeah, we feel like adding Calvin Ridley, you know, the core of our team is very young. They're going to be a year older. Okay, now next year, can we go win 10? Yeah, and, and that's where they need to be. And, and you know, that, that I think is attainable. Uh, you know, so, but I'm with you. If, if this finishes at 4-13, and 13, can you imagine? If they win, no. I mean, where this is going to – I mean, it feels lousy right now. I mean, l- l- go through this for another two and a half months, and where what's it going to feel like? Yeah, and I, I, I think Sunday is, is, is really going to 
be a disappointing day. I, I don't expect the Raiders to travel. I mean, when you go from Oakland to L.A. to Oakland to Las Vegas, I and you're not a winning team, I just don't think that there's going to be a, a, a ton of Raider fans clamoring to get to Duval for this game. I mean, I don't care what they announce. What realistically is it going to look like out there? You're going to have 30,000 people, 35,000 people in attendance. And if I'm Sean Kahn, I'm sitting here saying to myself, you've got to be kidding me. I got 44 career wins since I've owned this team and, and look what's going on. So, you know, there's so much to discuss and it, it, it feels like Trevor Lawrence is getting the majority of the blame right now. And, you know, I think it's deserved. Now, the other side is he led this team uh, to a touchdown scoring drive with three minutes and 54 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And this defense, where all this money and all these resources went into, allowed the worst scoring offense in the NFL in the Denver Broncos to drive the field and score a touchdown. And, and what gets talked about most is obviously Trevor, those two picks, uh, things he can't do. So a couple of things here. I'm, I'm not totally sold on Bulky as the only decision maker. It, it, you and I went back and forth all year on this. He should have added more to this offense. He should have added a speed guy. Now, he gets it done with Calvin Wrigley. And again, we both praised him, and we're going to have to wait on that. But I thought it was a mistake. Now, all of a sudden, you got to wonder about the confidence of Trevor Lawrence. It seems like more pundits now, uh, weekly, are taking shots at him. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick now saying he doesn't have that alpha in him. I know that buddies that I talk to on a weekly basis or run into are like, where's the emotion? Why doesn't this man get upset when he turns the ball over or he makes mistakes? And, you know, I've said this probably 50 times on my show, Hayes, but it's what I discovered last year as a sideline reporter. I watched his maturation week to week. I watched him grow as a very humble uh, top pick, grow week to week, but I never saw the fire in the belly get in someone's face. And I spent my time with Dabo Sweeney, and I spent my time with, with Tony Elliott, the former offensive coordinator, now the head coach of Virginia, in, in late July in Charlotte at the football meetings. I spent all my time with those two guys talking about leadership qualities of Trevor Lawrence. Does he have it in him to light someone's ass up if they make a mistake? And they both kind of interrupted me, and he's a leader by example. And it, Well, now you can kind of turn that around and be like, you know, the guy never lost. He never lost in high school. He only lost a couple of games in college. Now he's losing weekly, and I think this fan base would love to see him, even though it means nothing outside of just – a reaction. I, I think this fan base would love to see him take off his helmet and fire it off a Gatorade cooler and, and, or take one of those tablets and throw it to the ground like Joe Burrow or, or like Philip Rivers or, or like Tom Brady. I, I think this, this crowd is starving for emotion out of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, there's a nonchalantness about Trevor that I, I think is always going to be there. It's just sort of how he's wired. Um, you know, it's it's hard to get in anybody's face because it's Trevor's fault. I mean, look, let's just be honest. There was a step to be taken this year. This team has shown us that there was a step this team was ready to take, but the franchise quarterback wasn't ready to take that step. And because of it, they're 2-6 and and they're dead. Because at 2-6, you're dead in this league. Uh, 
And that's unfortunate because if if he only plays three bad games instead of the you know five that he's played, they're still in it. They're probably four and four. Uh, even if you just don't throw the Houston pick and the Denver pick in the end zone, yeah, uh, yeah, you know you're four and four. Everybody's thrilled. You're you're on the heels of the Titans, and uh, with two games to play against them, and you feel good about where you are. You're in the hunt, which is where you know everybody wanted this team to be. Can you be in the hunt late and at least play some meaningful games in December? They're not going to play yeah. meaningful games in November because of Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. Because he wasn't ready. Uh, that doesn't yeah. mean he won't be ready next year. It doesn't mean he won't eventually get uh, to a to a point of greatness in this league. But he is he's just he's just not there. And so nope. I mean, it, it, I would like to see the a little bit more passion from him too. But I think it would only be directed at his poor play. I I, I don't think he can get in anyone's face, or you know, I don't think he can argue with the calls. I think the calls are with the good. The play calls are fine. There's nothing wrong with the play calling. I, you know, and, and again, it's, you know, we can, uh, we can have a total different discussion on the defensive side of play calling because uh, they, they've allowed way too many last minute scoring drives uh, to lose games. And, and, and Trevor's failures have sort of covered over uh, Mike Caldwell and the defense's failures. Uh, But, you know, you hope that it's his first year as a coordinator. You hope he grows. You hope he's better next year. Because right now, unfortunately, it's all about next year. It just is. I mean, I'll I'll be the first to apologize if they go win five of their next six. But I just don't think there's any way in the world that's happening. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the play calls, uh, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the play calls. My, my issue's been a little bit more with, with balance. Um, and you go back to New York two weeks ago, 44 passes, 21 rushing attempts. Uh, they evened it out this past weekend against Denver, and everything else takes place when that happens, including the time of possession. I, I thought they should have ran it a little bit more. One thing that, that I like about Jaguar fans, and I, I, I tend to give them uh, perhaps too much credit for this, but I, I really believe it's relevant, they don't like excuses. And you can make the case that last year – was a total lost year for Trevor Lawrence, and, the, and that this is basically his rookie season. Um, but, you know, I, I find that the, the media doesn't buy that and, and accept that 100%, neither do the fans. Now, again, you, you can make that point, and it is a conversation that has been had and will continue to be had. Uh, the bottom line, we're just not, we're not seeing the improvement, and he does some things. He makes some throws that you're like, wow. I mean, he's only one of a few guys in the world that is able to do that. Then there are other times where you just are completely mystified that he made that type of mistake. So to me, that is incredibly concerning. Um, I praise this staff so much. You take those four former quarterbacks, put them all in a room with Trevor Lawrence, and I, I thought he was getting the best coaching, the best teaching that he could possibly get. I, I, I wonder if that's still the case. But I, I think where the team is at now and what I, I believe Trent Bulky now understands is he should have put more resources into this offense. You know, Sheriff's a great pick. Kirk's a good guy. Kirk could be a great number two in the slot. He's not a one. Zay Jones, it just doesn't happen. I mean, he's averaging less than four receptions uh, a game and that expanded route tree that we saw and everything he did during the preseason is it, just not coming into play on Sunday. So 
you know, I think there's more to look at, but man, if this thing doesn't begin to turn late in the year, and once you get Calvin Ridley and more weapons next year, then you got to start asking yourself the question that no one wants to get into. Was this a mistake with Trevor Lawrence? Look at all the quarterbacks that are coming out this year. I mean, the AFC South could add three brand new quarterbacks in this year's draft. They're going to start all over uh, when it's all said and done. And then all of a sudden you get to, all right, is, is that going to be the case? And, and no one wants to look at that because it, it wouldn't be a disappointment for Jacksonville. It would be totally devastating to Jacksonville if Trevor Lawrence fails, being told that this is a can't-miss football player. If that's the end result, that may be impossible for this franchise to overcome. Well, I'll resign. I mean, I'm not going through it anymore. <laughs> if, uh, if if this doesn't work, I'm done. Um, but uh, and, and hopefully he can get it started turned around Sunday. I mean, he's going up oh, yeah. against a Raiders defense that's frankly pitiful defending opposing quarterbacks. They're allowing 69.2% completion, 15 touchdowns to only three picks, uh, passer rating 106.1. They've only sacked the opposing quarterback nine times. Six of those Which are from Crosby. That really is incredible, particularly since Chandler Jones has been a no-show. Yeah, no-show. And, uh, and they're allowing 46% on third down, the Raiders are. So it's a pathetic defense. So Trevor needs to light them up. It may not be enough. The Raiders may uh, win a shootout. But if the Jaguars have less than 17 points on Sunday, uh, another big flag going up uh, suggesting that Trevor Lawrence is not uh, not ready and in uh, and, and a ways away from being ready. But hopefully we see him play well. Uh, it's just a shame that he's been so poor to this point because I think it's pretty much sunk their season in terms of trying to be a surprise uh, contender for the tournament. But, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Rick, you picked the Broncos last week. You were dead on. I thought the Jaguars would pull it out. Uh, I'm, I'm coming with you this week. Uh, I think the Raiders get it done. Um, is that how you see it? Yeah, you know, I, um, I still need to give it a tiny bit more thought. I, I honestly don't know which way I'm going to go uh, right now. It'll be interesting to hear what Trevor Lawrence says uh, Wednesday when he meets the media. Um, I, you know, I still want to look at it. Uh, right now I, I find myself leaning heavily uh, towards the Raiders simply because I think they're a better football team. There's really no other way to, to answer that. And, I, you know, I, I did get a chance to watch them play in, in its entirety last week, and they looked – absolutely helpless uh, in that loss, but uh, we'll see. should be interesting, and you know, hopefully the Jaguars can snap this five-game losing streak. Hayes Carline with each and every day from 3 to 6. My name's Rick Ballou. I join you at 6 o'clock. You can get me at Ballou1010XL. Hayes, your Twitter handle, and as well, let's uh, say thank you to our sponsor. Yeah, appreciate it, Rick. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hayes Carline. Uh, always appreciate the comments. And again, give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call at 471 7155. Does a great job with car insurance, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Let him look over your policy. He'll he'll be he'll shoot you straight. He'll say, "Yeah, I can help you. I can save you some money," or he'll say, "No, you, you good shape here. You you don't need me." Uh, trust me. Uh, he has saved me a bunch of money. He can do the same thing for you. John Spicklemeyer, 471-7155. Give him a call and make sure you're paying the most efficient and lowest possible rate for your car insurance. So we uh, certainly appreciate John. And uh, Rick, we'll see how it goes on Sunday. Should be a lot of fun, no doubt about it. Hopefully the Jags can snap their losing streak, and we'll discuss it next week right here on Death, Taxes, and Duval.